Alrighty, it is the end of week two, almost, and this is the PFF forecast. We're rolling live here on a Sunday evening, about 11.40 p.m. Just watched the Baltimore Ravens pull their ball sack out, throw it on the table, yeah. and uh, take Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and the uh, healthy Chiefs behind the woodshed. Got the W at home after a short week, losing in overtime to the Raiders. We're going to talk about that game here to start that uh, uh, this podcast off, we're going to do a little bit of looking at the league now after two weeks, um, who our top five teams are, who we think the MVP um, race is, is shaping up with. And then we are, of course, going to get into week three. We're going to guess the lines and talk about uh, the best bets to make tonight. Ironically, Eric, a week ago, the line that stuck out perhaps the most to us was Kansas City minus two and a half. Yep. That ended up being a great bet if you got it because the line closed at mm -hmm. four, four and a half. Um, and uh, I would have to say my takeaway from that game was I felt the Chiefs were in control of it the entire way. Where did you, where did that stop? I guess is my question. Well, like, when I mean, did they lose control of the game? They threw an interception. It was the first time. This is the first September game Mahomes has lost. The first September game he's turned the ball over with an interception that certainly turned it a little bit right because they had what was it a 35 24 lead and they really never scored again um that probably helped you know bend the tide against them um I also think interestingly like this was a, a classic Kansas City Chiefs defensive game where mm -hmm. you you know Daniel Sorensen missed all kinds of tackles um, but Tyron Matthew made up for a lot of, you know, poor play with, with big plays. But ultimately, the Chiefs were unable offensively to sort of like arm's length. Mm -hmm. You know, like they made big plays, right? Like the two touchdowns in the second half were both long plays. They really did, like their defense was on the field a long time. And the Ravens stopped doing things that made the Baltimore Raven, the Ravens stopped doing things that made them less efficient, right? Like mm -hmm. I was sweating through some of the props we had on the prop stool, which by the way was up like 24 units today, which was kind of neat. Um, Even more if you actually bet based on comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, but Lamar went under his completions prop, under his attempts prop, over his yardage prop, which is kind of like interesting. But like, they just simply ran the ball, you know, down Kansas City's throat in the second half. And they, they stuck with what was right. And then they, I, I don't know, like I, we talked about this on the live show this morning about Dallas and how they played Tampa Bay. They started that game like they were 10-point underdogs, right? Which I thought was great. That was all their, their passing. The Ravens played this game like they needed a tactical advantage to win. And they did, right? What, what, what do you think the, what, what were some of the ways that they did that? Because I have a couple in, my, in mind. Well, I think on defense they just they didn't play the defense that Mahomes tends to fillet. They they only blitzed by our count what six times, mm -hmm. and um, they played a lot of zone, which is good because they don't have the horses. In fact, their best defensive player, player Marlon Humphrey, is one of the worst players in the league right now in terms of giving up yards and yardage and coverage. So they they sort of stayed away from that. Um, it looks like they found an edge in picking up Adafe away in the draft, a guy with no sacks as a, as a uh, final your player at Penn State, but you know, had a lot of pressures, right? The smart teams buy pressures. Uh the the dumb teams buy sacks. Um the 
what do you think? I mean, the other one was legitimately like they just they stayed away from the stuff that was that was harming their offense vis-a-vis Lamar. And they were leaning into the things that made their offense better, which was Lamar Jackson mostly being a runner and 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 the passing stuff being sort of the more wide open things. Yeah, I think there were two big ones. The first is that you are so much better off making this is what happened in the honestly in the Super Bowl. Now it looks very different in this game because in the Super Bowl, obviously, Mahomes was under a ton of pressure and he wasn't necessarily in this game. But when you take away Tyreek Hill and you make the explosive plays come from other players, it, it's going to be hard to come by. And they actually got a couple, right? They were after the catch, Byron Pringle, Travis Kelsey. But some of that explosiveness with the Chiefs. It was, you know, it, it was there, but it wasn't quite as the threat with Tyreek Hill is just so much scarier. And they did a really great job of taking him away. Now, that said, the Chiefs still averaged 8.3 yards per play, right? They outgained the, the Baltimore Ravens who were about 7.1. But here's the thing. Running the ball when you can do it at like a 10-yard per, per carry clip the way that Lamar Jackson yeah. did... Like you're just not going to win very many games if you give up that many yards per carry. Like that's you're just going to get get destroyed, and that's what happened, right? The Ravens ultimately had the ball for like 36 of the 60 minutes, and um, were able to control the game that way. I also thought the Mahomes interception. It was and I hate to say this, but it was like a Jameis Winston type play mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was so uncharacteristic of him um and I agree with you I think that's that's where it 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 changed I mean that's where the complexity of the game changed and we also have to shout out John Harbaugh I mean the willingness to go for that fourth and one it's something that you expect from him but we see coaches left and right you know throughout the NFL slate mm-hmm. that we saw today, incapable of making decisions like that. It was a huge edge for them. I mean, to go college for football it. too. We saw yeah. in that, that big the Penn State Auburn game where they really kicked a field goal to go down one. When there, I mean, be, these people. It's funny. Like I'm in, you know, I was interacting with people on Twitter before this, and it was like, stop pretending that every coach wouldn't make this decision. Decision. I'm like, what NFL have you watched? for the last 30 years of your life. I'm good, telling you good. right now, Matt Rule is literally Matt Rule is punting punter. that ball if it's at the <laughs> the other team's 40, let alone his own, right? Andy Reid's punting that ball, and he's trusting his defense. Maybe, maybe... Well, Clyde Edwards-Larian picking that shit up. I mean, fuck me. I, I, I can't, like... I, David Culley would get, would go out there, go for it, get them to jump off sides, and then say, decline it and punt it. I... <laughs> I just, I mean, <laughs> there are 32 men who have these jobs, and they're, and they're supposedly the elite ones. I, the, by the way, the play I'm referencing is that if you didn't see it, and Ben Ben Solak, friend of the podcast, tweeted this out. David Cully had an opportunity to take a penalty that would have made it a third down, and instead decided to decline the penalty, go to fourth down, and punt the ball. Incredible. Yeah. Um, okay, so let me ask you this. This is kind of a betting question, but also. Um, just about these two teams. The Ravens and the Raiders played an overtime game on Monday night and were faded pretty heavily by the public. Mm-hmm. Both were underdogs. Both won outright. Um, I guess what's your take? You know, your takeaway from well, from that? this is very interesting. So, so there was a, a tweet that came out on Fox Bet, right, that said, um, you know, 
I the, the Fox Bet, one of the ticket counters or whatever, was saying like I can't get somebody to bet on the Ravens, right? I can't get somebody to bet on the Ravens, blah blah blah. And I'm like, well, you people have to be careful about this because Fox Bet is like, for lack of a more endearing term, a, a square book, right? They're copying lines from places like Bet Chris from places like Pinnacle, from places that take sharp money. And the fact of the matter is, you know, there were big bets that got the number out to four, mm -hmm. maybe four and a half in some places, but it settled in at three and a half. And the fact is, if there was no resistance to bets on Kansas City, this th that number would have grown, right? That's, the, that's how this thing works. And so there were people, and whether that be like a middling situation where like you got some two and a half and now you wanted some four and a half or mm -hmm. three and a half and you wanted that, that, that you know, the action there um, on the three, like there were people betting the Ravens. There were people who mattered who bet the Ravens. They might not have bet it at Fox bet, right? But they bet it somewhere. And, and to me, like this week, don't you think, okay, so you look at this week, right? Um, it, it was a it was a good example of what week one, and we talked about this on the show the other day, where like all the eleven and five teams that lost or struggled in week one last year, Tennessee was a team, and I got to look up their play action numbers. They pro I I I noticed them running play action a lot more. Mm -hmm. They win a game in Seattle, a game where they were down by multiple scores. Obviously, Baltimore was a team that didn't look great in the second half. They go ahead and beat Kansas City at home. Um, you know. Even a team like Atlanta, who looked terrible against the Eagles. Now, I'm not saying they played a great game, but they had Tampa Bay sort of on the ropes at 28-25 in the fourth quarter, got the ball back, right? Yep. And, and so, again, they played a game efforts. Um, and so, like, none of these things are and, – and Buffalo blew up Miami, although I think that was kind of wind-dated by – um, to a tongue of Aloha being being hurt, but and then Indianapolis covers the spread at home after looking terrible last week. It's a week to week league. It is a week to week league, but it's also just a don't overreact to one week's worth of data. We uh, league. I mean, Chicago beat Cincinnati. Cincinnati a very impressive win over Minnesota. Chicago looked terrible against LA, and it's not like Justin, Justin Fields played terrific off the bench. It's just that like the Bengals were so bad. That it, the, that it opened the door. The Zach Taylor Bengals offense is one of the most disgusting things I've seen. <laughs> I, and I live in Cincinnati, so I see Skyline Chili commercials. Yeah. I mean, what would you rather do? Would you rather eat Skyline Chili or watch? Like, let's say Have one. to watch the Bengals and only the Bengals every week. Yeah. Like, if you had to watch the Bengals offense on film, like all 1,200 plays or whatever in a yeah. season, if you had to watch that in one day, like just in one sitting, you can't even get up. You can go to the bathroom, but you can't, like, you can't order food or anything. Yeah. Would you rather do that? Or would you rather like eat Skyline Chili to get you out of that? Yeah, I'd watch the Bengals play. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I sort one of One day, like just sacrificing one day, yeah, there's no I mean, way. But like, how about if he was like talking to you about it during? <laughs> like if he was bad. trying to explain to you why Joe Mixon runs if the I ball as much as he does? On, look, if I had to bet on every Bengals game for the rest of the season, um, maybe it'd be a different Joe different Mixon question. got all so Joe Mixon got every single carry for the Bengals today 20 for 69 yards which nice but like but like there's just no like creativity there and Bur he made Burrow look like shit which Burrow's a better quarterback than that it was not pretty um last thing on the Chiefs Ravens um Patrick Mahomes over two and a half passing touchdowns Plus 120 was the lock of the week. So we're two for two on Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. Lock of the week, passing touchdown props. You, hopefully, um, you guys enjoyed that. And it made up for the Chiefs not even being able to 
uh, obviously cover two and a half, which I still think was, um, you know, right bet. And you obviously got a ton of closing line value. You could have um, had a nice middle there if you wanted at three, yeah. as we talked about on Wednesday. Let's do this. Let's kind of set the table now for how we look in, um, move on to week three. Give me your top five teams mm-hmm. in the NFL now heading into week three. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be like it's always hard for me to go. But I, I do think – I well, look, the, the power numbers are going to come out and say Kansas City is one. But mm-hmm. I will say that I think from my perspective, I think it's going to be Tam- – I, I would put Tampa Bay one, okay. Kansas City two. Um, and then after that, it's it's a cluster – um, it really is. It really is a cluster. Uh, so bear with me here, but I think it's, I think it's the next three are something like Buffalo, Baltimore with all their flaws, but they're, they're not a dumb team and Cleveland. I like that. Um, I am noticed four AFC teams and then the. Tampa just buy them freak the buy yeah, their freaking selves the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, okay, we, we are gonna watch. What about you? So I, I'm gonna go Tampa one, Kansas City two. At three, I think this is an interesting one because you talk about not overreacting to one week. The Packers looked like absolute ass cheeks. <laughs> it was so bad, right? Um, but I think the Packers are a lot better than that. Um, I still think the Packers are. Um, and now this is tough because I think if I look at the second uh, NFC team, it's between them and uh, and the Rams at this point. I think both those teams are good. So, so you're not buying into San Francisco's potential. They beat the crappy Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, so Philly's not the Philly's yeah. not Philly's the second not a juggernaut. Philly's yeah. not a juggernaut. Okay, Tampa Bay one, Kansas City two. At number three, this is going to surprise some people. I'm going to go with Cleveland. I think they're the real deal. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens at four. And at number five, I'm going to put, I'm going to keep the Green Bay Packers there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Buffalo so, Bills, so you're out, you're out on Buffalo. The Buffalo the Bills don't make it because I'm a little, Josh Allen's regressing a little bit in the accuracy department, beating the Miami Dolphins with Jacoby Brissett does not a championship caliber team <laughs> yeah. make. Yeah. So um, look, I still think they rebound, but that's just how I I have it right now. Um, who who do you think is the second best team in the NFC? I I do think, man. the The hard part is is you watch New Orleans play this week, and you're like, holy shit, that that can go south really mm-hmm. quickly. Um, if you throw out week one as a result, it's Green Bay. But like we've only got one game of data on Green Bay, and it looks terrible. Um, I did say on the live show today, I thought the Saints we weren't baking in, and this is probably our thing. Like in our models, we don't have has fatigue from not being at home for twenty one days mm-hmm. or so, right? Yeah. But like that that was a, an issue, right? Like in the twenty two thousand five season when the Saints were moved because of hurricane katrina they won opening day too right and then you know eventually catches up to you hopefully they're going back to new orleans in a couple weeks which is which will be nice for them and they can get back to having a normal season but they certainly did not look great today um i'll 
I'll say Los Angeles, but man, I don't like. I I don't I I'm st- I don't think Los Angeles is a Super Bowl caliber team. So like, so I'm basically just like consolidating all of my love in the NFC on one team, which is Tampa. You only have so much NFC love. I I mean I think San Francisco has more potential, but I would not. If San Francisco, so like, here's the thing. If LA, I mean, LA is, I think, favored, or maybe it's a pick 'em on a new uh, at home against Tampa next week, mm-hmm. right? Like, we're gonna find out how many team, how many teams are, how many teams are favored in the NFC are favored against Los Angeles on a neutral field? Just Tampa, right? Yeah, I, I want to see. Let's watch the Packers play tomorrow. Okay, I, I really. I, I agree Look, with we've you. We've seen this. We've seen the Packers play like absolute garbage in Florida before. Mm-hmm. We have. <laughs> it, it's just like, and not, you know, it's an uncomfortable place for Aaron Rodgers, apparently. He doesn't like that spot very much. Um, Do you think it's like family move there or something? Like, that would be the only explanation. I, I don't know. Perhaps. <laughs> Um, before we move on, I want to do MVP rankings in a second, but let's look at, um, the Owen two teams here. Okay. Um, your Minnesota Vikings. Oh, they're, oh, okay. Our New York Giants. Yeah. Our Atlanta Falcons, um, potentially the Detroit Lions, um, our New York Jets, our Indianapolis Colts and our Jacksonville Jaguars. Do any of these teams have a shot in your mind of coming back and making the playoffs um they're all dead i i mean of them of them it's probably minnesota that has the best chance right Mm -hmm. like they have you know kirk cousins right now before review has the second highest pff grade um i think part of that is because he they they don't trust him, right? So you saw like the penultimate drive before the missed field goal. There was like, what, four minutes left in the game. The Vikings ran on early downs to Dalvin Cook. They they ran screen, like even on the last drive, they ran the ball and then threw a screen to Dalvin to get themselves out of trouble. And then Kirk made a couple good passes. Right. Like, I, it, and yet they still lost both games. And, and it was supposed to be an easy part of their schedule. Um, they get Seattle this week at home. Um, I, the Colt, maybe it's the Colts, right? Because like, but the problem is, maybe, is Carson but, Wentz is so well, bad. And George. he's got a football injury or a, a football, football injury. injury. He, he certainly has a football injury. He certainly but like, does. We but had his foot. Uh, I believe was actually they're calling it an ankle sprain. But, but remember this time Monday, I, I I text. Remember I messaged you in Slack and I was like, I kind of like the Colts this week. Yeah. And like, for, I think you were busy at, in New York or something. You, you like never responded. I figured like, oh maybe George hates this. So then we're in the fucking pit of misery, like with Colts plus three and a half, just yep. grinding out that game. And Carson Wentz, my God, that was that was tough. I, I am, I'm riding off the Colts. Okay. okay, I just I. What about they are screwed? I'll say this: I think of these teams, and here's the thing with the Vikings: the Vikings um, play in a division with a clear cut. Like the Packers, I'm still going to say this are the better team, the the best team in that division. It's not even close. Um, the Giants are interesting to me. Yeah, I was going to say that. You, and and the reason the Giants are interesting is that division is still a complete shit show. Yes, they're zero and two. But they have, they will be able to compete still, in my opinion, for a division title. 
That's just the way that's going to break. And like the Vikings, it's the NFC. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be more of an opportunity for... Yeah. Uh, and and here's the thing. And I know this is going to surprise a lot of people. Daniel Jones playing really well. He's the third and, highest grade in the, our system, right? Yeah, pending review here. And um, I, I think that needs to count for something because here's the thing. Their run blocking is one of the most hideous things you can find. Like, it, it's like, um, you know, because <laughs> I was yeah. just in New York. It's like... Um, the halal cart it's like getting that but then not eating it taking it home leaving it out and then the next morning eating it that's uh, that is what the new york you Giants, know what's crazy though by the way i have a recommendation coming for the people okay. um later today uh or later in this podcast but but daniel jones has not been it hasn't been these exceptional plays but he has been accurate with the football um he's made a couple of big time throws like Daniel Jones has been good. So I think that's the one. Can I? So right before that game, I was actually in Ultimate. I was talking to somebody who uh, I was I was sort of getting them up to speed on Ultimate. And one of the, the case studies we were using were the Giants. And the Giants were one of those teams that just like did everything wrong in week one. But they, they then they had like 10 of their whatever, 40 dropbacks, let's say, were play action. And I, I showed this person how to watch all of them, right? How to filter the film and watch all of them. And... On all of 10 Daniel Jones dropbacks of play action, he had a clean pocket. It was like amazing to watch. Everybody's like, oh, this offensive line's not functional. It's like, no, it's like other teams' offensive lines are fundamentally similar to yours. Mm-hmm. They just give them a chance, you know? Yeah. And then you watch Thursday night football, and, you know, I'm not trying to do a victory lap here, but everybody said that Washington's defense was one of the best in the NFL, and they very well could be. They got a great, a lot of talent. But I thought Jason Garrett actually called an okay game. They ran play action. They did some things. And it's amazing that if you give your offense a chance, you, you can score points. Yeah, I will say, going back to that game, that offense looked very, very bad for a large chunk of that game. Came back. Uh, and Giants' money line was a great bet. And I was not Pissed, pleased yeah. that it did I not mean, hit. Um, let's do this. Uh, before we get into week three, MVP race is interesting. I'm particularly interested in it because of some bets that we've placed. Um, I'm Matt Ryan, you, Ted, do you think? I think Matt Ryan's not going to make it. Um, <laughs> but let's do uh, let's do our MVPs. I'm gonna I'm gonna do three. I think that's that's fair. So my top three MVPs right now: Thomas Brady is number one, and uh, in my opinion, it's with a bullet. He's gonna be the highest graded quarterback. Um, it looks like after two weeks. He's throwing the ball better than I think he's ever thrown. Yeah. And it's an absolutely beautiful thing to watch. And anyone that wants to hate on Tom Brady because he's been at the top for a while should just go cry in a corner by themselves. Enjoy greatness. Okay. Number two. It's going to surprise a few people. Maybe not as much, actually, as uh, my number three here. But number two is Derek Carr. Yeah. And it's it's very close between him and Kyler, and Kyler is number three. And I the argument for Kyler at number two is that he has Cliff Kingsbury over there who looks at his play card and every single play sucks, and then Kyler makes them great. Mm-hmm. The reason that Kyler is number three and Derek Carr is number two I, is that that Minnesota game, like the Cardinals should have lost. 
And the reason they should have lost is that Kyler Murray put some balls up for grabs that should have cost them the game. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr has made just as many big-time throws as Kyler Murray has, but he is he is giving his team more of a chance to win. Um, and the game that he – I mean, he beat the Ravens as an underdog, and he beat – the Steelers as an underdog. And he's gone into Kansas City before and beaten Mahomes too. Like we're talking about, so we're, and I'm heavily on Raiders over, Raiders over seven, six and a half. And there was always this issue about their schedule is hard, right? They had a, everybody, everybody talked about it and they did have a hard schedule. I mean, you've knocked off Ravens, Steelers. I mean, we don't like the Steelers, but they're not a terrible team, right? You've not you you've gone on the road, beat the Steelers. You knocked out a the, short week. You knocked everyone out the, and their mother faded you. Yeah, interestingly, even the ESPN betting show, which has a rule, they only bet on favorites, popular favorites. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the funny thing is that like teams going West Coast to East Coast have actually like done well in recent years. I th- I do think it's baked in at this point. Um, but they the interesting thing I, I found I found this um, they. Casey Hayward has not given up a catch into his coverage yet. Like there were a lot of like sneaky things that teams did this offseason that were just like we overlooked the little The Raiders defense is is not a bad unit. Yeah, yeah, it's nowhere like, it's not it's, as bad as Kansas City's for fuck's sake right now. Like the the Raiders defense like KJ Wright like KJ one of the most amazing things in the NFL is that they're really good players yeah. who like just get picked up. Yeah. <laughs> but, which by the way like if you because I the other one that it, it ticked me off is Melvin Ingram, and like I I asked a couple people being like, hey, why don't why aren't you signing Melvin Ingram? He's like, well, he's old, and like we don't have actually that much money. It's like those kind of moves are why you need to have like functional cap people and like and not try to overextend yourself all the time because those are what I call the dollar bills, like you're picking up off the ground. Yep. You know the. And they get pressure now. They also like are extremely pragmatic. So the inter- interesting thing about their offense is that Henry Ruggs is the 11th overall pick in the draft. He certainly doesn't have that role with the team, mm-hmm. but he has a functional role with the team given how good he is right now. And I'll give this to Gruden. Gruden's not done a great job along with Mayock of acquiring players, but once he has the players in the building, I think he does a good job of getting the most out of them. Yeah. I, I, and Look, Gruden's doing a lot more for um, Derek Carr than than Cliff is. For, well, like, because here's the question: because I I look at Derek Carr and I'm starting to think, and and granted, his wage is is uh, reasonable, right? So I look at Derek Carr, and I actually like you know, and I didn't have him this way going into the season. I thought a lot of it was Gruden last year. It was also the same thing for Tannehill with me. It's I. I you know, Cousins has sort of proven that he kind of does deserve like that fringe top 10. But like, I think Carr could, pro- you can make a very compelling case that Carr deserves to be in that sort of like tier above, sort of that tier between, let's say, Prescott and the Kirks of the world, yeah. right? The the Tannehills and the Kirk Cousins and the, like, it because we, we, his high-end play has been very good. And like elite level offense and like I mean who cut who caught the touchdowns for them today Foster Moreau right uh Henry Ruggs was on the deep shot 
He was taking shot after shot after shot. Alex, they put Alex Leatherwood at right tackle to 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 pass protect. The, and I know TJ Watt missed some of the game, but TJ Watt and Melvin Ingram and like Derek Carr's not out there bitching about his protection. He's just out there making freaking plays. Yeah, here's here's the thing because I really like I'm a huge Kyler Murray fan, so. Like I think Derek Carr and Kyler are like neck and neck. I think Brady clearly number one. But here's here's just a couple more things. Derek Carr has had to drop back to pass 107 times. Kyler Murray 79. There is a difference. You talked about those Kirk Cousins doing it in a position where you are an underdog and you have to drop back to fucking throw every single time. It that is a big deal. And Derek Carr's average depth of target is 10 yards downfield. Yeah. The most, so, the like, most, that's imp- it's very impressive yeah. what he's doing. It's very impressive what Kyler's, Kyler is doing. Would you have a, a different top three? The the very impressive thing about De- Derek Carr is the three years. Uh, sorry, the last, well, including this year, the 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 two years under Gruden, he averaged seven point nine yards per attempt both season, nineteen and twenty. In nineteen, it was dink and dunk. In twenty, it was down the football field. Mm. The one thing that sold me on the Raiders this year and why I bet a lot, like I think that they're my biggest position over, was that Derek Carr was able to evolve with the changing needs of the offense. And I I think right now I would put him over Kyler because Carr hasn't made the mistakes that Kyler has. So like Kyler, I mean, the fact of the matter is, Kyler kind of kept both teams in the game today, right? Like, good on him. They were down by two touchdowns against Minnesota, but like, and they came back, but they had a controlling lead of the game. And then he threw, throws an interception in the middle of the field to uh, Xavier Woods. He, he, like, it wasn't a perfect game for him. And I think Carr, I mean, other than like Darren Waller dropping a lot of passes on Monday Night Football, where have been the mistakes? Derek Carr has had six passes dropped. Kyler Murray's had one. Like, yeah. I, Derek Carr has, has, uh, like overcome some speed bumps, and I think you know, like the Cardinals should be one and one if Minnesota. I guess he does have three turnover worthy plays, which is it, but it's which, timing. The timing yeah, Murray of those, has the same. The timing of those plays matters, yeah. right? So, so Carr and Murray lead the NFL with nine big time throws each, three turnover worthy plays. Murray does have the three interceptions. Like that, obviously, if you're betting, that's going to make a difference fundamentally predictably right the fact that the fact that kyler also has the seven touchdowns is also gonna you know factor in too um i do agree with you that right now it's brady the the hard part from a narrative perspective is that the bucks when you watch the first two games especially against teams like atlanta their 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 opponents are gonna be a lot more like atlanta in many cases this year than they are going to be like dallas and if if they go run like no one noticed the Bucks playing today, right? Because like the other games on at four o'clock were really compelling. Dallas versus LAC, um, you know, even Seattle, Seattle, Tennessee was a barn burner that went into overtime, um, and then Minnesota, Arizona was also a barn burner. Like Brady just kind of took care of business, and like a lot of us noticed because we're like more than just casual fans. This is a crazy take that you have. I don't understand where you think that people are overlooking Tom Brady. The dude is going Hold on. to be the talk of the town. Okay. Hold on. But, but, He's but, going to be all over social media. He has the most touchdowns. 
in the NFL. Okay. He, he's got the most touchdowns he's ever started with through two games. Okay. And your point about him playing bad teams is only going to help that. Yeah, sure. If However, Tom but then why the hell preseason was he was his MVP odds high? Like you because were, people were sleeping at the fucking wheel, and I fucking told you. I to understand bet Tom that. Brady I understand that. But like I understand times. But that. But the priors are baked into the market. The priors are baked into the market for longer than than we like to think. So like the fact that the fact that he's sixteen to one early on and the Bucs are seven to one to win the Super Bowl, that incongruence carries. Yes, like because what I'm people saying look is at box score stats and they saw his like career high in interceptions and their brain fucking leaps. But that out was of even pre Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But George, you and I aren't voting for MVP. That's my point. Is like I think I, I'm trying to I'm trying to see the process in which the award is made. Yes. If Kyler Murray, if Kyler Murray is in a bunch of games like we just saw, and he and he's going to lose a lot more games. Of course, but but what? It, but one of those quarterbacks is going to win and catch and run good on all of those, right? And it's going to be Tom fucking Brady. But Brady's You're not going to be in close games. Like that. You, like, how much do you want to? Do you want to bet on this right now? So. So okay, so what what is the bet? What what are the fair odds right now on Brady to win MVP? Let's do. I don't see it on DraftKings. Let's look at bet online up right now. I mean, they're not. Going I'm not to gonna be. bet you straight up because obviously, if Brady isn't the favorite to be the MVP tomorrow, you should bet it. Would be my take. Okay, and and I I I think that there is a chance that because of the way it lands, right? So like, Kyler Murray is on the fourth best team in his division. Okay. Okay. And so is Derek Carr in the yes. eyes of the market. So, but if they, if they play consistently compelling games and they finish above expectation, that, that is the formula, right? Who has been the MVP the last few years? They're going to have to win the division because Tom Brady's winning the division. And he's going to throw like fucking 60 touchdowns. Okay. I, I yeah. I will. I. This is. I think. I think when Ronald Jones gets thirty carries in a game where they Mother win God. thirty-one-three, and Brady doesn't have to throw that much, I think he'll be happy. I think he'll be satisfied. And then the the, the you know Kyler's gonna have to throw fifty passes or some equivalent of it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. incredible. I agreed with you that in the preseason market he was extremely undervalued. Thank you. But I I don't I don't think that after one week. He's the best bet to make. It's after two weeks and two weeks. Sorry. If if Kyler Murray or I think Kyler Murray could be tomorrow a bigger favorite than Tom Brady, and if that's the case, the market is still fucking out of their mind. Before we get to the week three lines, it's important to remember that with week two now done, you need to have all the data at the palm of your hands to or at your fingertips to make the right decisions, whether it be for your fantasy team or the bets you need to make. And that's where PFF has it on lock for you. You can get all of PFF's locked article content, all of our fantasy rankings, projections, um, everything that you need, your wide receiver cornerback matchup to dominate your fantasy uh, leagues, plus 0-100 grades for every single player with the PFF Edge subscription. It's just $9.99. And then you can get all of the betting uh, tools that you need, our betting dashboards for spreads, money lines, totals, and our player props tool, plus our futures tool and our power rankings tool. Uh, plus the DFS optimizer with our elite subscription. Both are absolutely fantastic. Just depends what you're looking to do. Player props tool, by the way, was up massively. So go make that happen right now at pff.com if you don't have it already. Also, fan tracks. Um, 
if you have not used Fantrax for your fantasy leagues yet. It's the best fantasy league manager, period, multi-team trades, player salary, and contract options, the whole deal. Use promo code PFF at Fantrax.com slash PFF and get the chance to win a trip to any regular season game plus $6,000. Promo code PFF at Fantrax.com slash PFF. And last but not least, you're looking for a place to place wagers in week three. Go to DraftKings and the DraftKings Sports Book. It's the official source winning partner of the NFL, and there's a reason they are by far the best that is out there. And they're giving new customers who use the promo code PFF $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. So do not miss out. Go get that money, place them on some props and profit at DraftKings and DraftKings Sportsbook. They also have same game parlays and you can go use the props tool and the betting dashboards of PFF to make those uh, the best you possibly can and pull in a nice chunk of money. So go to DraftKings, use promo code PFF when you get there. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers are the ones that are eligible to minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer restrictions. Apply to DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 100Gambler in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And last but not least, our friends at Western and Southern Financial Group are sponsoring this podcast. And uh, for this is a money-based podcast, so you should be grateful that uh, Western and Southern Financial Group is a part of this. Because while you're focusing on your football lineup and the bets that you're going to place, Western and Southern give that same attention to your financial game plan. Their playbook of life insurance, retirement, and investment solutions can help you meet your needs. Um, something that we think about all the time. So you should as well. They'll help you understand where to put your money and how to achieve your financial goals. They won't help you place any bets, but like you can do other things with your money anyways. Visit westernandsouthern.com to get started. And now to week three. Are you ready? I'm, I'm they're right here. There ready. are some fucking games this week. Um, Thursday night football. The Carolina Panthers, who are 2-0 and after dismantling the New Orleans Saints are going to play the Houston Texans with Davis Mills in all likelihood. Um, our injury expert, Mario Plato, thinks that it will be Davis Mills. So um, I adjusted my guess based on that. I have Texans plus eight and a half. Uh, I have Texans plus six and a half. It is Texans plus seven and a half, it appears. Yeah, at um, this point, the only thing you can do is bet, is bet Houston, right? Yes. Uh, are you doing that with no. Davis Mills? Of course not. I didn't think so either. Real quick. Um, what disaster of a Thursday Are you buying or selling the Panthers? Uh, the Panthers, well, I, I, like I said previously, I had no under on them in the preseason market because of how simple their schedule was, right? So you get you had two home games to start the season. Then you had three, then you had a, Road game on Thursday night football against a, a team with a rookie head coach. Mm -hmm. You face, I believe, a, you face. You don't face any teams coming off of a bye. This lands nicely for them. Fundamentally, I'm not buying them at all. Right? They play. They play in a division with Tampa. They're not beating out Tampa for that division. Um, but at the same time, like you have to respect that they're two and zero. They're they're not can good I, though. I, like, I don't you, think they're good. I, can I tell you? Um, I, I like. The Panthers, they have some good they I like their fans, but I have some bad news for them. This looks like uh the Sam Darnold uh Carolina Panthers for the next few years. Because he's gonna do what you said he was gonna do. He's gonna play just well enough for them to buy into more Sam Darnold. 
Yeah, so that's unfortunate. Gonna be, that's going to be unfortunate because they have some really fun weapons like Joe Brady probably going to go be a head coach somewhere else. Maybe Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, hopefully Arizona. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to the Cardinals in a second. Colts-Titans. In all likelihood, Jacob Eason here because of the Carson Wentz injury. Yeah, it's probably best. I mean, not to say that Jacob Eason's good, um, but the Carson Wentz thing is always going to piss you off, right? Like, because he's got talent to make some throws. You saw the touchdown to Pascal was pretty Mm -hmm. impressive, blah, blah, blah. But the fact of the matter is, is like there are plays where you just can't win with him. And is my and like look I'm heavy on Indianapolis under this year not to make the playoffs all that stuff I, I didn't think the market properly adjusted to the Wentz stuff um but I do think I do like Frank Reich and I do like some of the things that they do there I think knowing a priori that your quarterback sucks and that you have to play around it right because having Wentz in there is more of like a I have to sort of play a. I I don't have. I should be able to play real quarterback play mm-hmm. stuff, right? Mm-hmm. If you play Jacob Easton or uh, you know somebody else there, you sort of know what you're limited by, and you can be smarter about that. And I think that that might help them long term win some games. Not this one. I have Tennessee laying three and a half. It's probably way too short. Yeah, I have six and a half. My take here is that. Actually, the difference between Carson Wentz and Jacob Eason, maybe not as big as some people think, but also like Jacob Eason probably really, really sucks when he has to play real in a real football game. Can, can I pause though? I think Tennessee sucks too though. Sure. This whole division sucks. Yeah. It's a week to week league as we like to say. Uh, it appears that um, it is five. Yeah. Five seems fair. Actually. I guess that seems fair. I mean, I kind of like the Titans. I also kind of hate the Titans. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Titans. To be yeah, it's a t- it's a tough. They obviously rebounded this week. I mean, I they they started running play action as you said, which is a good sign. Yeah. Um, they also just like some of these teams' defenses can look really good in a game where like the the pace is sort of something, right? Mm-hmm. Like think about the 2017 Falcons, right? And then you start to like add more plays. We saw what happened to Kansas City's defense tonight. We saw what happened to the Ravens' defense against the Raiders. We saw what happened to Seattle's defense, right? Like once the Titans played enough plays, they were able to lean on the the uh, the Seattle Seahawks to a point where it was it was not pretty. Uh, Derrick Henry was an absolute moose today. So this is kind of the thing, though. Like I worry that the Colts come out and Jacob Eason goes like pick six three and out and it's a rumble fest the concern would be for the titans that their offensive line is really banged up yeah um and taylor luan and uh, i think roger saffold got injured in that game falcons gigantes in the meadowlands would you have this game holy shit um gonna be great we're gonna be on the Falcons. I I I said Giants minus one and a half. Okay, I think I nailed this one. Giants. I said Giants minus three. It is Giants minus three. A little juiced. Yeah, actually. it's actually probably gonna trend to three and a half. Yeah. So what what are the what are the what are the fundamentals here? Giants are getting ten days off. Yep. Daniel Jones is playing better football than Matt Ryan. I didn't think I'd ever see that. Matt Ryan played two and a half good quarters today. At the first part of the game, he looked like shit. At the end of the game, he imploded. But in the middle part there, there was something. Yep. Um, 
I, I can't stand the fact that they're leaning on Cordero Patterson to do real things in this offense. Um, it's a weapon. I, I Look, for for the sake of like our betting article, there's no way I'm taking the Falcons because I think you're going to get a true three and a half at some point, given the way it yeah. looks. Um, so so for for that for that point, I guess um, I'm staying away. Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, I don't also I just don't want to bet the Falcons as much again. as They're I want to talk about that game. Okay, this is a good game: Chargers and Chiefs. This is a 1 p.m. game, which. Uh, I believe is something to do with like Fox wanting everyone to watch Bucks Rams, which is a 4 p.m. game. Um, I have the Chiefs as a six and a half point favorite at home. Yeah, I took Chief. Well, this was before. I mean, this is I had Chiefs laying eight and a half. I did think the Chargers would lose today. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a bet on Dallas. Um, it was seven before. Sunday night kicked. Um, yeah. I, I think I, so. When I was debate, you know, the, the way I kind of go through this, I've talked about this before. I kind of think about the number where it's like, where would I not bet it either side kind of deal, you know? Um, and when I moved the Chiefs to seven, I immediately thought to myself, you know what? The Chiefs don't, they have a little Seahawks seeingness to them where like, they just play close games and the chargers are explosive. They have playmakers all over the football field. Um, like this is going to be a close game. Like I'm not comfortable. I would bet the chargers if the chiefs were seven point favorites. Well, I, I think you'd probably, you'd probably be right there. I mean, the chiefs are, I think the chiefs are like a perfect tease down team. If, if this were to happen, like let's say it's seven and a half, you tease them down. They're kind of adjust. They, they kind of play the game like they played it tonight, except for instead of fumbling, they kick the field goal and win. Right, like mm-hmm. that's kind of how you would see them play the game. They're not a team that's going to extend, or they haven't been. Like, look, they what the last was it? They're like zero and nine against the spread the last nine regular season games. Right, zero for yep. two this year. So, and I believe it was seven uh, straight last year, or maybe there was a push or two um, in there. Um, so what did you have it as? I said eight and a half. Oh wow. Yeah, like I I, I thought the Chargers look and the Chargers we we can make fun of this idea all we want, but the Chargers are the Chargers still. Like Herbert threw a pick in the end zone, you know, they they missed a field goal. They like they did all this Chargers shit and they lost the game. They lost the game they should have won. They're better than they're a better team than the Dallas Cowboys. And they're playing at home and they lost that game and the and through two weeks they've scored thirty seven points because you know, yeah. Herbert, Herbert's second in the, or, sorry, Herbert's third in the NFL in interceptions right now. I thought it was a little bit of a trap game um, with the Chiefs coming ahead. But here's the other interesting thing. SoFi Stadium was a Dallas Cowboys, yes. like home away from home. And I think we forgot about that with, the, well, we didn't. I, I mean, I certainly did not. I liked the Cowboys in that game. It was that way, by the way, in Arizona, too, with Minnesota fans. Yeah. Like there are certain stadia where, the road team travels well. The um, so that'd be interesting to see where that is. Do you see a line anywhere for that? Uh, I uh, let me look at bet. On, I don't see it on Pinnacle. Let me see it. Bet online is usually fairly quick with some of these, um, but I only see tomorrow's game, the Monday night game. So it's a real 
It's a real shame. It is a real shame. Good thing because I don't think we were going to bet it, right? Like, I don't like I don't like betting the dog with Kansas City either because there's always just the potential that they'll just blow a team out. Um, but I also would not lay the points with the Chiefs. I I would not. I didn't lay the point. Like we we laid the points two and a half with the Chiefs. I wouldn't lay when it got to three and a half. Everybody and their grandmothers taking the Chiefs. It's like how how dumb is that? The only reason we took two and a half last week is we knew it would get bigger. Like we just knew. Like I, if this is seven or seven and a half, I'm taking the Chargers and Brandon Staley, um, Bengals Steelers, uh, in Pittsburgh. I said that the Steelers would be a four-point favorite. What about you, sir? Uh, I said seven and a half. Oh, wow. I am much closer than you. It is four and a half, right? Okay, now. well, let's lay it with Pittsburgh then. Really? Convince me. Um, the Bengals... Uh, last week, I was convinced that the Bengals may have taken a step forward and had an offense that could be representable against um, good defenses. And then the Bears, who I think are not a good defense, they're not a terrible defense, but they're not a good defense, made that offense look really bad. How how do you... I'm making this argument based on defense, but I think Pittsburgh is good enough defensively to make Joe Burrow and the Bengals' offense look bad. Um, I, I like I said, I don't. I'm going to make this about offense. I don't think the Bengals have graduated to a, a place where they only are getting a four and a half. Like last year, this this line was what was like. I well, got I got to look back. Double digits without without. Um... Uh, without Burrow, so no, no, no. The, the first game. Oh yeah, but that was wasn't that early. It was very early in the season. Uh, it was mid season or so. It was with Burrow. Right, I, I get that. Um, okay, here's my. Um, okay, let me find this game. So here's something that I think is interesting. This happened to the Steelers last year. They started to get some injuries on the defense. Defense is what was carrying them, and. I don't think T.J. Watt is going to play in this game. He went out with a, an oblique injury, um, or actually, sorry, a groin injury. Um, I think uh, our, you know, Mario's leaning that he's not going to play in that game. Um, and if he is, maybe he'll be a little uh, hindered. So he's worth like a half a point. So it, it would be five. Last year, the Bengals were coming off of a bye they went to Pittsburgh. Road teams coming off a bye. Get a, we get a half a point, let's say. Uh, Pittsburgh was favored by six and a half. So do we think over the course of what has happened the last year the that the straits of these two teams has changed two points? Absolutely. You think the Bengals have improved People that much? People were so high on the Steelers last year. That line is garbage. Okay. Okay. Were they, they, were they not? Were people not wrong about the Steelers? The Steelers are uh, undefeated at that point. Yeah, but they I don't think the market actually like the market wasn't in love with Pittsburgh until a little bit later on. Okay. Like um so they went I mean this this was yeah, I mean I don't think so. Like Pittsburgh was only favored I guess they were they had just come off like 
almost losing to Dallas as 14-point favorites when Dallas was starting um, something called Garrett Gilbert. You know, so like I, I, I do think the market was kind of like, let's cool our jets here. Okay, well, we don't have to. I mean, I, I just, when I watched that offense today play, I was like, this is an offense that can do well against a bad defense like Minnesota. I don't think it can do well against a team like Pittsburgh. But then, I, I don't know if you can lay points with Big Ben anymore. He's terrible. Like, so, I, I you know. I mean, that's kind of my point. Is like, I, I, Who's the better quarterback here? It's Burrow, probably. It's, it's but the Burrow. rest of literally everything is better on the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think. The Bengals have a, a, a sneaky, decent defense. Yeah, they're okay. They lost um, Ricardo Allen uh, yeah, to a hand injury at the first – they're not as deep there. Uh, Trey Waynes has yet to play for the team after signing there. All right, let's keep let's keep grinding here. Bears Browns in Cleveland. What'd you say? Bears Browns. This is uh, Cleveland. Looks like it's going to be Justin Fields. Nine and a half is what I said for Cleveland. Okay. I have Browns by seven. It is Browns by seven and a half. Interesting. I don't want to. I don't want to bet against Justin Fields in his first start. Although, if you were to bet against rookie quarterbacks in this league right now, other than when they played each other, you would be undefeated. Yes. So, I am going to be very interested to see what that offense looks like. Speaking of, by the way, how bad? I'm like, Trevor Lawrence has been egregious, and and, and Zach Wilson has been every bit as bad, if not worse. Except for every once in a while, he makes these throws that are just out on. Yeah, outlandish. Yeah, they're there. It's both been they, they've both been terrible. Mac Jones rough. has been fine, um, for the most part, not not great. Has but, had the opportunity to face the Jets. Yeah, which, yeah, has been yeah. Nice. which was which is a nice. Yeah, boon. Mac Jones certainly has been the best. Um, we'll get to another one here in a second. Uh, Ravens Lions in Detroit. I said that the Detroit Lions would be a ten point underdog at home to the Baltimore yeah. Ravens. Uh, so, so my, my thought process here was that San Francisco opened seven and a half, yep. right? Ravens in their current straights prior to this week were probably a point worse than San Fran. So yep. I gave the Raven, I said the Ravens were going to lay six and a half. You are, I guess maybe because of the key numbers, it's a split, um, Ravens seven and a half. I think that makes sense now after Sunday Night Football, for sure. It could be a letdown spot, though. That was pre-Sunday Night Football. I don't see it on Pinnacle. It could be a letdown spot, though. Sure. It could also be a the Ravens beat really bad teams, and the Lions are really bad teams. So far, the only thing we thought was maybe the Raiders were a really bad team, and we were wrong. So that could be the case. Do you think the Detroit Lions could play poorly enough tonight monday night to warrant more points going to baltimore uh certainly okay well we don't even know what this number is so but i can't even find it, it but, anywhere yeah uh if you can find it i would bet uh the ravens um saints pats winston versus mac jones this is in new england uh what'd you have that says uh so new england would be favored by two and a half yeah i had three um it is three it looks it like actually three. even more than three um i'll take new orleans here yeah i kind of will too i could see i think this is again i think people just don't know what to make of new orleans mm -hmm. and 
you could have some fatigue from again another week of travel without with the with hurricane mm-hmm. and all that stuff that could be your desire to get off of this you could also see this trending towards three and a half and just wait so maybe it's not the best of us to offer this right now because that it, it might not be the right it might not be the right number like you could get a better number later which is yeah. against the spirit of what we're trying to work with here man Jameis winston looked bad that mm-hmm. was Jameis winston had a pre-review worse game than uh zach wilson because yeah, at least zach wilson had positively graded plays Jameis yeah. didn't have Jameis didn't have any of those alan kamara had 30 combined yards not mm-hmm. it was not great um, i just saw this tweet this is the first time since trump since the since the barack obama era that the chiefs have not had at least a partial control of first place in the afc west wow. think about that that's what chief's twitter is like right now <laughs> yeah so we're in how shambles. are you doing we're in shambles <laughs> uh the arizona cardinals are playing the jacksonville jaguars in jacksonville uh i said that the jags would be a six point underdog i was actually a little bit i was a little less of whatever i said seven and a half it appears to be seven trending towards seven and a half so that makes sense i mean the jaguars looked absolutely disastrous but what about the what about the so the only thing that arizona has going for it is that they have a pass rush they're they're secondaries not great LaVisca uh, Chenault's injured with shoulder injury day-to-day or all day-to-day at this point. But like... I mean, I thought I thought the Jags getting six at home was decently sharp pick. I don't know that I don't like seven and a half here, but it does appear like it's moving in that direction. Yeah, it's, um, another, it's another hang. It's another let it go. An Elsa pick, as I call it. I do think there's an opportunity here to fade. Look... The public gets so behind fantasy quarterbacks mm-hmm. that kill it for you. And that is exactly what Kyler Murray is. And they should have lost that game to the Vikings. And if they do, the narrative here is a lot different. Maybe it even crosses seven. So gets out to seven and a half. I'll take the shitty ass Jaguars and then close my eyes and watch other games like Chargers Chiefs. Washington football team at the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills. I said they would be laying seven and a half. Okay. I have the Bills laying six and a half. We are on the other side Nine of Nine and a half. Wow. <laughs> we might be on the football team again. And I love it. You love it? I love it. You hate the, the Washington football I do, team. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't hate the Washington football team. I, I think that... That's so crazy because, like, my issue with the Washington football team was that the win total did not reflect the game-to-game betting lines. This is exactly what we're talking about. The Washington football team is going to be favored, what, three games this year? And yet their win total was eight and a half? How does that make sense? So so I don't mind that taking them here. Do we think they'll get to ten? I don't think so. So let's just take nine and a half. I, Josh Allen right now, pending review, is – not good enough to 27th be laying in the NFL and PFF grade 59.3. And for those of you that might immediately say, no, but but PFF hates Josh Allen. Buddy, he was a top five graded quarterback last year. He was amazing. And what's Not happened, a lot of surplus value on that new contract so far. 
what's happening right now is that he's just not making accurate throws with the football um and has like that's it that's it with him right last year he was so accurate there um i like this i think it's an opportunity where people will look at the bills score and not how they played in that game and just go oh they're a jogger. And josh allen was terrible in the game today he did not like, play well in this uh, game. and so two straight weeks you could not buy a basket um so yeah let's go washington plus nine and a half our football team let's get it uh the new york football jets play the denver broncos and teddy bridgewater uh Cortland sutton also this is gonna be a nightmare up. this is gonna be an incredible game i am a little nervous for zach wilson he has not had exactly a great uh road denver by the way and denver Denver's good. I mean, they just made Trevor Lawrence look like shit. If you bet, if you bet Denver over, you're in a good spot right now. Chiefs, oh, Chiefs yes, are a like little us. bit. Chiefs are a little bit hurt. Denver's now two and zero, but two and zero on the road, and now mm-hmm. they get to play in Denver, which is a notoriously difficult place to play early yep. in the season. Um, I said seven and a half. I'm short. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be short here too. I said seven. So it's eleven and a half. I, I think by. I think I think for religious reasons we probably have to bet Jets plus eleven and a half. We do. <laughs> I mean, look, that's going to have value, right? And we're trying to pick dollar bills up off the ground, George. Yeah, I, eleven is a is a large number. I mean, it's way too freaking much. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go, Jets. Fuck. <laughs> it's at some point, Josh. At some point. Zach Wilson's going to get it figured out, right? Yeah, but maybe not against Von Miller and a stacked secondary. Yeah, maybe not, but maybe. I mean, 11, I mean, Bridgewater's not exactly like a cover. I mean, isn't Teddy now like 34, 13 and something against the spread as a starter in the NFL? It's we'll, fucking we'll crazy. Find out because on the ESPN betting show, they, yeah, they, they say that every minus 12 yeah, and a half. Yeah, yeah. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Fox bet gets dragged now. Now the ESPN show gets I'm sorry, dragged. I just can't. Intern they do like a three minute segment. Intern Zach messages me on on Slack. Goes, yeah. Fox bets limited me to like twelve bucks a, a bet. It's like okay, okay. The Miami Dolphins uh, are playing the Las Vegas Raiders in Las Vegas. I have no idea if Tua's bruised ribs will allow him to play in this game. Um, and so I'm going to assume it's Jacoby Brissett. And I'll say that the Raiders are five and a half point favorites. I said five and a half too. Look at us. Um, it is five and a half. Okay. So no, no more, no more bets on that one. <laughs> no more bets on that one. Um, Our Raiders about to be three and oh. Yeah. If you look at who's favorite. I've never, game. I've never gotten all, gone all in on the Raiders. Had <laughs> bite me in the ass ever. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe that Robert Mays article was right all along. Yeah. It was just two years too early. Two years too early. <laughs> I am I'm a little nervous about this one. Now, not with Jacoby Brissett so much, but um I don't know. Like the Raiders beat a Steelers team where TJ Watt got injured and Ben Roethlisberger was really bad. Like, you know, I don't want to yeah. overrate that as much as much as I want to like I want to fade the Steelers. Yeah, it's okay not to bet this game. I don't think five and a half is a place you want to go anyway, no. right? Like if you like the dog, you're hoping for six. If you like the Raiders, that's probably too many points to lay for a team that has thus far been three and a half and to six point dogs. 
So it, it's yeah. fine not to bet that. I, I'll be interested to see what our numbers end up saying. Total is 45 and a half, um, which suggests a, a, an increased uh, respect for what the Raiders are doing defensively, but also a little bit of a what the hell was Miami doing having scored 17 points in two games. Um, Seahawks Vikings. This is going. To, I, I can just tell you right now. Four o'clock slate. We're gonna have Bucks Rams. We're gonna have these other two dog shit games. And Seahawks Vikings is gonna somehow just be the craziest fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. game. There's no it's fucking just, way. It's just gonna be yeah. bananas. Um, how many de- how many defensive touchdowns are gonna happen in this game? It's I, gonna be unreal. It's gonna be crazy. I bet you Kirk and Russ both like put up crazy numbers. Um, this is in Minnesota. Yes, I have. Um, the Vikings getting a point and a half. I said two and a half. Um, it's one. The After this week, te- the number has moved towards Minnesota. If you just look at the money line, Seattle's minus 108 on Pinnacle. Minnesota's minus 102. Uh, so it's very slight favorite. The total is 56. There's zero respect for the defenses of these two teams playing indoors at U.S. Bank Stadium. I don't think I could lay Seattle here, but I can absolutely not take Minnesota. Minnesota, it, it's not, it's hard to say this because I you you know have a great deal of respect for his career, but the Minnesota Vikings are one of the worst coached teams in the NFL. This is so true. You're talking about penalties. You're talking about punt returners fielding the ball at the one yard line. Talk about letting forty seconds go off the clock so you can kick a moderately short field goal mm-hmm. and miss it. Um, you have, um, no trust in your quarterback when he's actually kind of good. Like I, I, I just, I, Minnesota's like, I, I, I've always thought this way, this, but like Minnesota's just not a team you can bet on, but it, it but is Seattle. I don't know that Seattle's defense isn't stopping the Vikings. Yeah. No, I'm with so. you. Uh, okay. The best game of the entire week is Bucks Rams in Los Angeles. I have the Rams getting three points at home. I have Rams favored by one and a half. Wow. Not because not because I actually agree, but that's just what I guess the markets yeah. would look like. And and that's what the mar- markets are minus one and trending to one and a half. Oh. I think I think taking I think a bet should just be Tampa Bay plus the money line price. So let's yeah. so take Tampa one Bay plus you could take plus one. Let's just do plus one for the for the LOLs. Uh, oh yes, that's definitely what L- at at LA. We could even probably call it one and a half at this point. Let's call it, yeah. Let's call let's say Tampa Bay plus one and a half to add to our our list here. Um, I mean, there's this is redonkulous. This is absurd. Stafford. I mean, St- did Stafford look good today? He also kind of got a little banged up. He just looked like Stafford, right? Same shit every, every single game. You have some throws where you're like, oh, that's a pretty damn good throw. And then you have him shaking his hand on the sideline. Every- they barely beat Carson fucking Wentz, yeah. and they're a favorite to the Tampa Bay and Carson, Buccaneers. And, the, and the, Colts, the Colts got inside the five-yard line twice and didn't score in that game. Like, the Colts could have won. The Colts... The Colts, like, I can't believe that the Rams are favored in this game. Yeah, this is ridiculous. fucking absurd. This is the this is this is the first manifestation of the fact that the markets are drunk on the Los Angeles. I almost and said just, St. Louis Rams and the just Los not Angeles watching Rams. games, yeah. just like not watching games. Um, that's fucking hilarious. 
man. I think that's the best bet. I'm getting a little, the little, the coffee starting to to kick in now. Uh, Sunday night football is the Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco 49ers, the 2 0 San Francisco 49ers Mm -hmm. against probably the 1 1 Green Bay Packers. The Niners have had the Packers number when they've been healthy yeah when they had the the full complement of players yeah. you remember they were they were sent out to slaughter last year in thursday night football but yeah yeah um this one i really struggled with and i have it as niners plus one and a half okay i have niners laying two and a half for wow. the same reason i had the rams with what they were because the markets love san fran true and the pack oh my god what before Sunday Night Football, it was Niners minus four. I mean, people, yeah. We can't, it's not there anymore, right? Did people watch Jimmy Garoppolo play football today? Uh, I'll, I'll say this, just as a, as a side note. The Niners on offense are physical as hell. The Packers on, on defense are soft. A little soft. Yeah, so like that might, but I, who's going to cover Devontae Adams for that team? No one. Yeah. I mean, if you can find a four, I'll take the Packers. I don't think you. I don't think it's available anywhere. First off, I'm offended because I take my guessing of the lines very seriously. What the fuck? Uh, the the 49ers beat the Detroit Lions of kneecap biting and eating fame. Ilk. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they then barely beat the Eagles. These are two teams at the end of the year that are going to be sitting there going, fuck, I wish we had traded up to get a quarterback last yeah, yeah, year because this sure. quarterback class sucks ass. But it, isn't That's this, just the, teams isn't this just the implied market? So so San Fran, let's say you give two points of home field advantage. Which I think is a little bit much. But for San Fran. No, Faithful's good now. Yeah, Faithful's good now. Yeah, It's not it's not old candlestick. It ain't old candlestick. Yeah. Um, but uh, and then and then you say okay two points San Francisco better like if you look at the preseason betting markets that was absolutely true about what they were saying yes I will patently reject that the 49ers are should be power ranked higher than the okay Packers. all right so if we can find a four let's go with Green Bay plus four I don't think we can and so I don't think it's fair for us to write it up but I do think if you do see those things popping up and let's say Green Bay plays a game let's say they beat Ted Lasso by like seven then that's offensive and this pops up as three and a half you absolutely grab green bay right yes okay one thousand percent offensive to ted lasso or offensive to dan campbell no ted lasso do you okay let's let's be predictive we're we have one more game on let's be predictive over under number of nauseating segments by ESPN tonight about Dan Campbell and the culture Seven. emphasis on cult. I mean, if you're watching the ESPN feed, like which I will not be, I'll be watching Manning. Okay. Um, how funny is that, by the way, though, that they have two feeds of the game and the one they put on ESPN two is going to out. Actually, I'm going to my recommendation station. When I'm at home watching games, I don't listen to anything. I listen to books on tape while the games are on. <laughs> but like that's just part you're of you're missing out. Yeah, maybe. Eagles Cowboys is Monday Night Football. What a joy that's going to be! I have Cowboys minus three and a half. I have Cowboys minus six and a half. Holy fuck! And you're more right than me. It is minus four. I think it'll it could end up at three and a half. After watching the games this week, Dallas is the favorite to win that division, right? Of course. Right? 
Like yeah. Dak's a good Dak's the only thing in that division that matters, isn't it? Isn't he? Yeah, Brandon Graham out. Um, Jalen Hurts, uh, Jalen Hurts, not the second coming. Well, he wasn't this week. A week to week league too. Yeah, Tolan's game is fifty one and a half too. Dude, that's under for me, man. I do like under yeah, under fifty one and a half. Should we just grab that? Yeah. I because because Dallas. What did Dallas play to? I know when we were on the on the show, Ian Harditz was like, "Look, the the total is fifty five, and I I can't." It's like no, these teams play, you know, totals were totals were kind of under today again too. I can't remember in, in the four o'clock hour actually a lot of the games went over, but, um, but like that's way too much, right? I do like a little under there. Um, All right, that's what those are our four picks then. Let's do a quick look at the totals. Are there any totals that stick out to you? Okay. Um, Cardinals, Jags at 52. I do think that there's a situation like what happened this week, although Denver's defense is quite good, so that might be why that game was clamped down points-wise. Mm. It could if, – if Lawrence is like, you know, throwing a lot of turnover-worthy plays and big-time throws, which I think is possible against this Cardinals defense, then 52 is a sale, right? Like because mm -hmm. Cardinals are going to put up their end of the bargain. Uh, Titans-Colts, 50 – probably fine titans are terrible defensively like yep. i do think the colts quarterback a after that game we're gonna be like oh jacob Eason actually is he the next taylor heineke and yeah. like no um so so i lay off that one bills football team 46 and a half seems fair um saints patriots 43 seems fair falcons giants i would i would i would take a piece of under 48 and a half on that oh, one really Okay. I think people are overreacting to the fact that Giants played an over game yeah, yeah. On, on Thursday Night Football. Is it possible to overreact to how bad the Atlanta Falcons defense <laughs> no, is? No, no. I don't think so. Uh, the the Falcons defense get, did get some stops today. Yeah. Like one or two. Uh, Bears-Browns is 47. This uh, one's interesting to me. Yeah, Fields is too uncertain for me, man. Like um, He could blow up this game. Yeah, I mean, I like over. 47 yeah um Bengals Steelers that could be a hideous game it's 44 and a half um Dolphins Raiders we also talked about that that's you don't want to touch that with the quarterback no. uncertainty um Jets this one Jets this, Broncos this at 41 and a half this is my favorite one over yeah yeah okay let's put that down Bucks Rams um 54 um, By the way, the Thursday nighter was what forty got to forty and a half. That was an easy one. Yeah. Um, Bucks Rams fifty four. This is one again where, like, I think there could be value on under, under but it's going to move up. This will get yeah, to fifty. You don't want to touch it. Yeah, I um, mean, because we could see thirty nine and a half in Jets Broncos before it turns, especially if there's like weather in Denver and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know. Um. Seahawks Vikings 56, 56 and this might get to 57 and a half. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, I'm right not, now people are betting under because 56 is a is a key number, but you're you're absolutely right about. And then Eagles Cowboys 51 and a half, which we just talked about. Um, that's podcast. Anything else? Nope. I've got a recommendation for the people. I I have one too as well. Oh, we're going to do a little recommendation on Sundays. Why not? Well, we haven't been doing it on Wednesday. I know. 
get the people going here. We haven't. Uh, give us your recommendation. I read, well, slash listened to a book on tape. I kind of split it here. Um, there's a book called Comedy, Sex, God mm. by Pete Holmes, who's a comedian, very funny gentleman. Um, I think you would like it because you have some kind of a similar background as I do in many ways. Mm. Um, but it was it was a very funny, like, you know, he just sort of talked about his life. And I found that interesting. Some biographies are very hit or miss, but like the good ones are always worth it. Um, it's a great title for a book name, by the way. Uh, here's my recommendation. Um, I was in New York last week, ate out a bunch. And uh, mm. best pizza I've had in New York is at Roberta's in Brooklyn. Um, I went to John's of Bleecker Street um, as well. Um, it was not nearly as good as Roberta's and it's held in very, very high, high regard. People think it is fantastic and it is fantastic. Not as good as Roberta's. Um, also my other, like it's a not New York style pizza, but artichoke pizza. Um, that's the name of the place in New York city is very, very good, but also like unique. Roberta's was the best I've had. Um, and that's my food recommendation from New York. Maybe I'll have another one on Wednesday. You never know. That was our podcast. We love you. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll be back on Wednesday night. Thank you, Patrick Mahomes, for the touchdowns. See you.